Hello, all you God lovers out there. Welcome to Rod Hoskins Ministries and this presentation of uh, uh, the God Lovers podcast. I want to talk to you today about finding peace in troubled times. And uh, I think today we probably have um, more people that do not have peace in their spirit, peace in their lives. And um, I want to talk about what Jesus said about it that uh, and how um, he describes peace and, and what it is uh, for us to be made whole in peace. I want to start today with John chapter 14, verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Uh, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and the Father gave me commandments, so I do. So we see that Jesus said, My peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. The Greek word here translates um, irena, uh, and it means peace literally and figuratively. Prosperity, quietness, rest, uh, set it one again to restore back the one's whole self. Uh, theirs calls it a state of national tranquility, exempt from the rage and the havoc of war. There are so many people in this world today that do not have peace in their life, including Christians. Yet, it, this very thing that Jesus said he would give us. So what is this peace? And how would do, do we obtain it? Um, the first thing we need to realize is that we have a peace in this world that is temporal or only short-lived. Um, there'll be ups, there'll be downs, there'll be different things that we hear in this world. The news uh, can destroy that uh, and disrupt that, that peace. But Jesus said he would, not, he would give us a different type of peace. A peace not as the world gives, but a peace that surpasses all understanding. It is a peace that you can rest in during times of trouble. A peace not uh, moved by circumstances or the news that surrounds us. This is why he said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The word, word troubled right here comes from a Greek word which means to stir or agitate, uh, such as raging waters, uh, like an agitation of the waters. So, my friends, too many Christians are living in a state of agitated waters, fear, worry, and anxiousness. They're living in a state of mind that is a twisted wreck in total turmoil. Too many have not come to understand what the Apostle Paul meant when he wrote in Philippians 4, 11, uh, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am in to be content. Paul wrote this as he said in a Roman prison. Um, he said, I have learned. Who did he learn it from? Paul came to understand Jesus' words in John 16, 33. 
These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. The term in me is a statement of covenant positioning. We are in a covenant with Christ. And Paul learned this uh, in understanding what the covenant relationship with the Lord means. We can have peace in Christ ruling in our hearts if we are in covenant with him. He rules our life while rejecting fear and anxiousness um, that can rule our life. We cannot serve two masters in Luke 16, 13, nor can a house divided stand, which we read in Mark 3, 25. But Romans 8, 6, and 7 tells us, um, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Paul goes on to tell us in Philippians 4, um, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and, and your minds through Christ Jesus. So how do we have Christ rule and give us his peace? Well, just as Paul said, he had to learn. So do we. In Matthew 6, 25, starting in verse 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, um, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither toil nor reap nor gather into barns. Let your heavenly Father feed, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you, by worrying, can he add one cubic to his stature? And boy, isn't that the truth? How many times can you worry? How does that change anything? And how does that affect your future in any way? So then in verse 28, Jesus goes on to say, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither, neither toil nor spin. And yet I say, to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. The word life here comes from a Greek word, suke, and it belongs, besides its meaning, uh, besides its meaning, heart, mind, soul. Uh, it denotes life in two chief respects, the breath of life, the natural life, and the seat of personality. So as you can see, worry and anxiousness have been around for a long time. As a matter of fact, that word worry, uh, it means to be anxious about or to take thought of. And Jesus tells us, let not your heart be troubled. Uh, the word there, troubled, actually means to uh, depravity, uh, to be evil, uh, maliceness, naughtiness, wickedness. 
Obtaining victory over fear and anxiousness only comes one way. What did God tell Israel? Well, let's look back at Deuteronomy 12 and uh, see what God told Israel. Starting in verse 1, These are the statutes and the judgments which you, you shall be careful to observe in the land which the Lord your God, your Father, is giving you to possess all the days that you live on the earth. You shall utterly destroy all the places where the nations which you shall dispose serve their gods on the high mountains and on the hills and under every tree. And you shall destroy their altars, break down their sacred pillows, burn their wooden images with fire. And you shall cut down the the, uh, carved images of their gods and destroy their names from that place. You shall not worship the Lord your God with such things. If we want peace, the first thing we must do is clean out our temple. Where's our temple? Your heart is your temple. You must clean out your heart from all these other gods. They must go. Then back to verse 5. But you shall seek the place where the Lord your God chooses out of all your tribes to put his name for his dwelling place. And there you shall go. We are the new temple of God, according to 1 Corinthians 3.6. We often look for God externally, uh, usually at church, but in truth, he can be found inside our hearts, where Jesus said he would make his abode, according to John 14.23. Well, in Deuteronomy 12.6, then it says this, uh, There you shall take your burnt offering, your sacrifices, your tithes, your heavy offerings, uh, of your hand, your vow offerings, your free will offerings, uh, the firstborn of your herds and flocks, and there you shall eat before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice in all to the, to which you have put your hand, you and your household, in which the Lord your God has blessed you. You shall not at all do as we are doing here today. Every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes. Now, that's an interesting point in that God is saying, you know, men do what they think they can do uh, and that they are doing right. But the fact of the matter is they're not doing it God's way. Then back in verse nine, for as yet you have not come to the rest and the inheritance which the Lord your God is giving you. But when you cross over to the Jordan and dwell in the land which the Lord your God is giving you to inherit, And he gives you rest from all your enemies around about so that you dwell in safety. Then there will be uh, the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. Hallelujah. Well, you know, this this is the point where it's interesting that God wants to point out a very important fact here. Um, Peace will only come when we enter that place of rest. There are three words in the Greek that we need to understand. All three uh, are translated into English as the word rest. The first is uh, uh, comes from the word sabbatical, and uh, it means a keeping of, of a Sabbath. Like we come to rest on a Sunday, you know, um, the ble- to, to rest blessed from toils and from trouble um, and this type of thing by worshipers who come in to the presence of God. And the second word um, means to make quiet, 
to cause to be at rest, to grant rest as to lead to a quiet abode, to cease from laboring, um, restrain, or to cause one uh, to striving to stop striving to do something. And lastly, we see it as um, a word that that um, translates means a putting to rest. We also know this word as repose. It means to place confidence or complete trust, faith in someone or something so as to obtain comfort, ease, and quiet. Now that's an important word, that repose, because we want to remember that because God is really making a statement here. So we understand how these words are used when we examine Hebrews 3, 1 through through, uh, 19. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ, who was faithful to him, him who appointed him, as Moses was faithful uh, in all his house. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who builds the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who builds all things is God. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those which would be spoken afterwards. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Now that's an important point because I've often talked about the fact that the difference between the old covenant believer and the new covenant believer is that the old covenant believers like Abraham, Moses, were declared as friends of God. But the New Testament through Christ declares that we are adopted children. We become sons and daughters of God. So Paul goes on to write here in in verse 7, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the days, uh, in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their hearts and they will, um, they have not known my ways. In verse 11, so I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Now the word rest right there is that word repose. They did not enter a position of where they could put their total faith, faith, trust, and confidence in God. Now let's go to verse 11. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, repose, my to- and have total confidence, faith, and trust in me. Verse 12, beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. He goes on, for who having heard rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? 
And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of the unbelief. They had no repose. They had no faith, no confidence in their God. The book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 1, starting in verse 1, Uh, tells us this, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, repose, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Now, we understand that, or should understand that, fear stops the connection of our faith. When we're in fear, we're not in faith. They lost the profit of the word because of their unbelief in God's word. Therefore, they lost the profit of the promise of God. Let's not make that same mistake. Let's come to fully understand what God says and what his word says to us and how he upholds that word. Now back to verse 3. For we who have believed, do enter that rest, repose. As he had said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my repose, my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way. And God rested, ceased from his labor, Sabbath, on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in this place, They shall not enter my rest, repose. From the beginning of creation, God has required faith, a place of repose, to be placed in him and on him and to him. No change, no detours. It has always been faith, a place of repose, putting our total trust, faith, confidence in our God. Now verse 6. Since, therefore, it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of unbelief or disbelief. Again, he designated a certain day, saying to David, Today, after such a long time, as it has been said, Today, if you will hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, cease from laboring, then he would not afterwards have spoken of another day. There remains, therefore, a rest, a sabbatical for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest, repose, has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Let us, therefore, be diligent to enter the rest, repose, lest any one of us fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we 
do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was one in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Why is this so important for us all? With each passing day, we draw closer to the return of the Lord. And we must remember what Jesus told us in Luke 21, starting in verse 25. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, in the stars, and on the earth distresses of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roar. Men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads, because your redemption draweth near. My friends, the only way we can enter a place of sabbatical, cease from labor, from fear and anxiety, is to enter that place of repose. A place of where we put our total faith, confidence, and trust in our God and our Lord Jesus Christ. We will only find that place of peace when we enter that place of repose. Thank you for joining this week. Until next time, may the blessings of God abound in your life. I want to start today with John chapter 14, verse 25. 